I'm in Colossians chapter 3, and, um, uh, and, and, and I, was, I was hoping to like build on each one of the sermons, like last time I preached, to build on that one, but now it feels like that was so long ago that y'all probably don't remember what I said, and I think that because I don't remember what I said. So, um, so I feel like we got to do a little review here. So we go back to Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 5. Look at this here. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And my, my focus last, last time we preached, um, it, it was, you know, let's focus upward. It, it says, set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above. And, and why? Because we've been raised with Christ. That's what it says in the, verse, the first verse. You have been raised with Christ because we exist to know, know Christ. Because Christ, who is your life. Christ is your life. We exist to glorify Christ. We exist to enjoy Christ in all that we do, all that we are. When we focus on things above, on spiritual things, on, on all the blessings of God, on the will of God, on, on the word of God, when, we, when, we, when, our, when our minds are set on things above, that inspires faithful service. It encourages endurance in a world that's hostile to God, maybe you've experienced that. What keeps us going is because we, we focus on things above. Um, it promotes holy living. I've heard, this, uh, I've heard this a few times before, that, that loving God is the, uh, focusing on the things of God. That's the operating system of the church. That's the operating system of the Christian. You know what, how a computer works, if you know anything about how computers. You know, it, Christianity is not an app for your phone. It's, a, it's, 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 it's the operating system that makes everything work. You, you don't just download an app and say, I think I'll, do, I'll, I'll put you, put, uh, punch in some little Christianity right now. No, no, this is what makes everything work. This is what makes our family work. It's what makes our lives work. It's what makes our marriages work. Everything comes to, to this right here. It's, it's our focus on things above. Is our focus on things above, on the things of God. This is why we focus upwards. We set our minds on things above. My mind affects my mood. My thinking determines my feelings. My beliefs influence my behaviors. It's imperative that we focus upward, that we set our minds on things above. And that was the first message that I wanted to build on. So, okay, everybody's got that. Focus on things above. Set your minds on things above. Set your hearts on things above. That's the first message. And now we move on. We're going to Colossians chapter 3, uh, 5 through 17. Let me, let me read this. It's, I don't have it up on the computer uh, because it was, it was a lot. No, but let me read this here. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in, in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things of the, as these. Anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off the, the old self with its practices and put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in, in the image of its creator. 
Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Verse 15 goes on and says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of God dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, it used to be... Used to be um, you know, years ago, there the, the saying, you know, you, you put on your Sunday, Sunday best. Um, you've heard that saying, you know. And it used to be, I mean, maybe 50, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, you know, people took a bath on Saturday nights to get ready for Sunday morning. Um, that, that's the kind of the world we lived in. I'm thinking put on your Sunday, Sunday best. That was, that was important because back in the day, people worked in the fields all week long or they worked in the, in the factory all week long. And they looked for the opportunity to, to dress up, to get cleaned up, to get dressed up. And give their best to God. And then something happened in our culture. And I don't know if this is a big deal or not. It's just like over the, the past 50 years, churches begin to advertise you know, their casual services. You know, come, you know, we're casual. And, and this is important to me because it just seemed like, seemed like over the past few weeks, I, was, I had a conversation with somebody. I don't remember who it was. Uh, some minister who was telling me how casual their church was. And which I'm thinking, what church isn't casual now? I mean, aren't all churches casual? I, mean, I could be wrong about that. But, but I mean, he was like going overboard about it. We are so casual. I, I was waiting for him to say, like, you know, we make the people at Walmart in their pajamas look like they're dressed up, you know? Um, and I'm thinking, how far are we going to take this? And that's not really a challenge. I don't, not, so that's not, I'm, that's not where I'm going with this here. But I, I say all that to say there is a dress code in the Bible. Did you know that? As Christians, as people of God, there is a dress code. And it's right here in Colossians 3. Clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love. And, and, and it tells us what to take off to. Put Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Take these dirty things off. As Christians, that, should, that shouldn't just be a Sunday morning thing. That should be our lifestyle. We take the dirty stuff off. And, and some of these things, these are dirty. In the eyes of God, this is filthy. And, 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 and to get into this, let me, let me go back to the first verse of, of the chapter here. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, in some translations say, since then you've been raised with Christ, but I really want to focus on that word if. If you have been raised with Christ, if you are a Christian, who's Paul talking to? He's not talking to everybody here. 
He's talking to those who've been raised with Christ. He's talking to Christians. And this is important because you got to understand the progression here. First, you're raised with Christ, and then you clothe yourself with righteousness. I think this is important because I think a lot of people get this wrong. This is what keeps a lot of people out of church because they think they have to get their life right before they come to Christ. That's not how it works. You come to Christ, and then you, you clothe yourself with righteousness. Um, and, and, and let me give you an illustration about this. You know the story about Lazarus, right? Lazarus... Who Jesus raised from the dead. Remember, his sisters were there, Mary and Martha. Took Jesus four days to get, get to, the, to, 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 to where they were. And, and, and then he gets there, he goes to the tomb, and he says, Remove the stone. You remember what Martha did right there? Martha, said, No! Why did Martha, why did why'd she do that? Why did she object to, to, to the stone being removed? You remember that? Because he stinketh. And like, okay, Jesus is getting ready to raise, Jesus, uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. He can do that, but can he deal with the stench? I don't know about that one. That might be asking too much from God. I don't know. Uh, but this is what, remove the stone. And, and, and he said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus came out. And how did, how did he come out? In a three-piece suit? No, that's not what it, no. He came out in the grave clothes. And then Jesus says, remove the grave clothes. It wasn't Lazarus that stunk. It's the grave clothes that stunk. So first, Jesus gave Lazarus life, and then he, he ordered that the clothes be removed. The stinky grave clothes be removed. This is what Jesus does with us. He, he first gives us life. You know, in these, these bodies, you know, we're living in this, in the, in this world where, where the walking dead is what we are. And then, then we find the grace of God. We, our eyes are open to the things of God, and, and we put our faith in God, and then through the blood of Jesus, he gives us life. But we still stink. We still stink. So we have to remove some grave clothes. So first of all, it's important that we understand the order. First you come to Christ, and then you take off all the stuff that stinks. If, if, if you got that backwards, it's, it's going to keep people from walking in the ways of God. That's what's keeping your friends from coming to church is because they think they have to get their life right before they come to Christ. No, you come to Christ, and then he will help you get your life right. And, and, and secondly, notice, this is not automatic. Lazarus did not come out of the grave smelling good. He didn't come out of that grave in the three-piece suit. Paul is uh, writing Christians here who are still struggling with earthly desires, which we all do, right? The message here is you don't come to Christ and, and immediately get super, supernaturally changed into an angel. It's an intentional, it's, it's got to be intentional on your part. It takes work. It takes time. And for some, this is very frustrating. I don't know how many people I've baptized, and, and, you know, and the next week they, they say, Peter, it didn't, it didn't work. It didn't take. I'm still sinning. Well, you know, that we still, have this, this, we still have this earthly nature that we have to deal with. We have to be intentional about it. What really concerns me is the people who aren't concerned that they're still sinning. You know, they, they've been baptized into Christ. They've been raised with Christ. They're a new creation. They're born again, and they're still wearing the stinky clothes. And they, either they don't know they stink, or they don't care that they stink in the nostrils of God. Um, that's concerning. I hope that's not you. And, and, and one more thing I would add on this here, that, that it's not a one-time thing. When you take off the, you know, for Lazarus, maybe it's a one-time thing. For us, it's a daily 
discipline. Just, just like taking a shower, just like changing your clothes every day. You know, we, we walk through this world and we get dirty. Our clothes get dirty. We start to stink. So we are in the habit, I hope, that, you know, every day we change our clothes, we change our socks, and, and we take a shower, and, we clean. and that's, how, that's how our spiritual lives have to be on a daily basis because this world has a way of making us stink. Um, so we have to focus inward. We have to focus inward. What's going on on the inside? And, and, and here it says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature. Whatever belongs to the earthly nature. Do you understand you have an earthly nature? And are you dealing with that earthly nature? Are you being intentional about that? Because you know it stinks before the eyes of God, in the nostrils of God. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, greed, which is idolatry. It goes on in uh, verse, verse 8. Anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. And I feel like this is a pretty straightforward list, Right? Which, which I'm thinking, you know, I shouldn't have to take much time here and explain this. However, we live in a world now where everything that's right is now wrong and everything wrong is now right. And it's just, we're really, Christians are really confused. What, what is, what's the word of God say? What is the will of God? And right here, I just want, I, I see like four categories. There's a sexual, there's a temperament, there's a speech, there's a character. These four different categories that we need to be thinking about. And the first thing on the list is sexual immorality. So we got to deal with that. And, and especially in our world, that, that uh, this is, the world has gone nuts here. Um, I remember walking into a restaurant. I've shared this story before. I walked, I walked into a restaurant, and there I saw two people I knew. One, uh, both of them uh, considered themselves believers. One was ultra-liberal. The other one, ultra-conservative. And somehow, they didn't come together, but they found themselves in the same restaurant, and they knew each other, and, and they decided to have a conversation uh, about homosexuality. And then I walk into the restaurant. I'm like, oh, man. Um, so, and, then, and they call me over to the table. They call me over to the table. Pete, what do you think? This is what I'm like, oh, man, I just, I just want to eat a cheeseburger. That's all I want to do, you know? Uh, so, but they call me in. What, what do you think? And I'm thinking... You know, what we really need to do is get back to what is the definition of sexual immorality? We all agree that the Bible clearly forbids sexual immorality. Problem is, nobody agrees what sexual immorality is anymore. There is the problem. What is sexual immorality? And, and I didn't change anybody's mind that day, but I thought it was such a profound way to answer it. Um, and I'm just, I'm th- what, to you, what to you is sexual immorality? Does, does the Bible not clearly say that this is, this is dirty? This is part of the old nature. This is, our, this is our earthly nature. This is one of the things that needs to be taken off. And I would just tell you, sexual, sexual immorality is anything outside of marriage. It would be sex before marriage. It would be adultery. And it would include homosexuality. Uh, the Word of God clearly teaches that this is not of God. This is part of your earthly nature. And it stinks. It stinks. All right, that's all I'm going to say about that one. But impurity, what about impurity? Anything that's unclean. Anything, uh, impurity would be the opposite of what is holy. So what is keeping you from being holy? What are you watching on TV? What are you listening to that's impure? What are you doing that's impure? Another thing on the list is lust. What are you thinking? Um, it, it, it's not about behavior modification. It's about character transformation. 
Jesus says, you, you, have heard, you have heard it said, do not commit adultery. I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. I mean, it's about, it's about the heart. It's about inward, inward. What's going on on the inside? In, in Proverbs 23, verse 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Focus inward, not on your outward behavior, but on what's truly going on on the inside. And then it talks about anger and rage and malice and slander. And this, I, I see this being kind of progressive here. It starts out with anger, uh, the, the kind of anger that builds up. With, you know, like, it's kind of like a gas leak. You know, you got this gas leak going on in your house. And if you don't deal with it, the gas builds up, right? Well, the anger, if it builds up, it turns into rage, which is violence, outburst of violence, a temper tantrum. Which then turns into malice, hate in your heart for, for other people, which turns into slander. It's like this gas leak all, all of a sudden explodes, and now you've got to attack somebody's character. So anger to rage to malice to slander, that's your earthly nature. That's not of God. It's not of God. It's got to be dealt with because it stinks. It stinks. And filthy language. This is another area where I feel like uh, the world just doesn't care what they say, what comes out of their mouths. And, and, and this is where I, I worry a lot of Christians don't care what comes out of their mouths. And when I think of filthy language, what, what comes to my mind is anything that's obscene or anything that's blasphemous. We have a house rule in, in our house. I, I, Stephanie came up with this. I thought this was really good stuff. If it's meant to be covered up in the name of modesty then it shouldn't be talked about. If you're not supposed to see it, you're not supposed to talk about it. You know, why would, if you're not supposed to see it, why would we put a visual image in somebody's head of it? So we just don't talk about it. No filthy language. In lying, the Bible says the devil is a liar, the father of all lies. If you are a liar, then you're following the ways of the devil. You're not following the ways of God. All right, so here's the list, and, and I, I wanted to quickly go through it, and my question is, how are you doing? It's not that big of a list. Maybe, maybe you know, put a mark by the ones that you're, you're, you're having trouble with, and, and let's be intentional about it. Let's start working on those areas here. How are you doing? Are you consciously, deliberately, intentionally, regularly putting to death the old nature, the stench? Are you doing that? And, and verse 6 warns us, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. And I don't want to talk too much about the wrath of God, but it's here. I mean, you can't, you can't dismiss this. There is a place called hell, and it's hot. And the Bible tells us it's for he- forever, and that's a long time. So I'm just saying every decision you make, I think you ought to factor that into it. Because we're not created for this world. We are created to be with God in heaven forever. And if we're not going to be doing these things in heaven, why are we doing them here now on this earth when we're supposed to be the salt of the earth? We're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be his ambassadors. And here we're still stinking. It's very hard to be the salt and the light and the ambassadors that we're called to be if there's no difference between us and the rest of the world. If you've been raised with Christ, then put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and in the image of its creator. Put on the new self. It goes on. It says, here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and is in all. But it was no, 
no barbarian, no Scythian. I really don't know what that is, but I know, I know how people do it today. Well, I'm Italian, so yes, this is what Italians do, you know, or, or I'm Irish. And Irish is, you know, they're, they're known for having a bad temper, or you're a redhead, you know, uh, whatever. No, you're a Christian. You are a Christian. That trumps all this other stuff. So we live as Christians, as God's chosen people. Clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Clothe yourself. Take off the stinky, dirty stuff. Put on the new. Like, like, a, like a team uniform or like a military uniform. You know, we are in the army of God. We are, we're on God's team. Because of Christ, I'm a different person, serving a different kingdom, living a different lifestyle. And, and, and don't say, you know, you're just a sinner saved by grace. No, you were a sinner saved by grace. That's not who you are now. Now you are a child of God. This is why this is important. Now we need to be living and acting like children of God. Therefore, put on, first of all, it talks about compassion. God himself is the father of all compassion. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And in a world full of hurting people, we are to bring mercy and love and compassion to all those who are hurting, the orphans, the widows, the poor, the hungry, the sick, the needy. They need compassion. And we are the body of Christ. Where, where's it going to come from? It has to come from us. It talks about kindness, gracious sensitivity to those around us, you know, smile, speak kind words to, to people, be an encourager to people. On the list is humility. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. Humility is one of the greatest Christian virtues because it's the exact opposite of one of the world's worst sins which is pride. Gentleness is on the list. Meekness, power under control. I've, I've used this before, like, a, like a, a horse, which is a very powerful animal, but it's been tamed. Uh, like a bulldozer, which is a very powerful piece of equipment, which can be used to, to, to destroy things, but it can use, be used to build things. It, it depends on how it's being operated. Um, patience, patience, not being a hothead, not being easily provoked, Patience in enduring with other people who are stinking, you know, because they're not taking the shower, they're not changing their clothes, they're, not, they're just they're being earthly, and we've got to be patient with that. God, God was patient with you, now you've got to be patient with them. Forgiving, we need to be people who forgive. Love, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And it talks about the peace of Christ, we should be covered with the peace of Christ, we, we should be thankful and so here's the list. Now my question is, how are you doing with this? How are you doing with this list? Is there any of these that you need to put a mark next to and say, you know, I need to work on that one. I need to grow here. I need to be more intentional here because I'm not, I'm not wearing the uniform properly. I'm not, I'm not being the person God's called me to be. I want you to know, it's not about suits and ties. It's not about dresses and skirts. It's all about the heart. This is our dress code. This is the uniform. And when Christ, who, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And this is how we should be looking. When, when Christ sees me face to face, I want him to see I'm wearing the uniform. I listened to him. I, I obeyed him. I, I had this earlier in my notes. I, I, I went over it too fast. That, you know, if, if you're not putting on the uniform, if you're still living by your earthly nature, 
then you say you believe in God, then do you really believe in God? Because you're not doing what God has asked you to do. The, the reason he asked you to do it because he loves you. He cares about you. And he knows these things will hurt you. And if you are ignoring God's instructions, then are, do you really, you say you believe in God, but your actions say otherwise. You don't really believe God. This is our uniform. We've got to be intentional about holiness. Uh, D.A. Carson, he writes this, people do not drift towards holiness. It's not going to happen automatically. People do not drift towards holiness. Apart from grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate towards godliness in prayer, in obedience to Scripture or faith or delight in the Lord. We, no, we, our earthly nature, naturally, what we do naturally, we drift towards compromise, and we call it tolerance. We drift towards disobedience, and we call it freedom. We drift towards superstition, and we call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control, and we call it relaxation. We slouch towards prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we have escaped legalism. We slide towards godlessness and convince ourselves we have been liberated. I read that, and I thought there's a lot of truth in that. This is, this is what our culture is doing. This is what, this is what Christians are doing. And we've got to address this, and we've got to acknowledge this, and we gotta, we've got to change this. And I might not be able to change the world, but I've got to start with myself. I've got to change me. If I encourage you to change you, that'd be a good starting point, wouldn't it? We've got to put on the new self. How do, we, how do you do that? How do you put on the new self? And it begins with a new heart. And, it, and this is the promise from God. In Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new, new spirit in you. I will remove from you your old heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You're not going to, you're not going to care about the stench if you don't have a new heart. But if you have a new heart, hopefully this is the first thing. You, you know I stink, and I don't want to stink before God. So you have to deal with it. We, it begins with being born again. It begins with being a new creation. In Romans 6, verse 4, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We're called to a new life, a better life. Embrace that life. We do this because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not through our good behavior. That's not what makes us born again. That's not what gives us a new heart. It's the blood of Jesus that gives us a new heart. God doesn't love me because I obey him. He loves me because I've been covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. And my response to that is now I want to be sanctified before God. I don't want to stink before God. I don't want to come out of the grave stinking. I want to take off the old grave clothes. We do this with the, the power of the Holy Spirit. It says in Colossians 3, verse 11, here, here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all, and get this, and is in all. Christ is, is, is in all. How, how does he do that? He does that through the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Holy Spirit to convict us and to teach us and to guide us. And, 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 and you got, we got to be in step with the Holy Spirit. we got to listen to the Holy Spirit. You don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. You don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. You don't want to say, I don't want to do that. No, if the Holy Spirit is putting it on your heart, we need to act on that. We need to do that. And then we do it with the Word of God. It says in Colossians 3.16, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and gratitude in your heart to God. This is why this church is so passionate about teaching the Word of God 
um, especially with our children. We want our children to memorize the Word of God because we believe, we believe there's power in the Word of God to help us become the people that God is calling us to be. And we do this with godly repentance. It says in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret versus worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow brings death. I read this this week. Repentance is not when you cry. Repentance is when you change. Don't cry about it. Change. Just become the person God's calling you to be. And one more thing. I gave you this whole list to get to the last one. The last one, which um, I want you to see, you do this with violence. Put to death. You don't baby the, the ways of your past. You don't, you know, you don't tiptoe around it. No, you put it to death. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, you kill it. You destroy it. You hate it. You don't tolerate it. You don't try to manage it. You put to death whatever causes you to stink. Put it to death. Those who are alive in Christ with a new nature, a holy name, we hate sin. And we hate sin because we know God hates sin. And we, we know we hate sin because we know what it's doing to us. We hate sin because we know what it's doing to others. We understand our sin is breaking the heart of God. And that breaks our hearts. We understand sin stinks. So we kill it. We put it to death. I, I, there, there's a show out there, I don't know if it's still around, when, when animals attack. Have you heard this show? And when animals attack. And, and what they did, they put a supermodel next to a lion for a, a picture. I mean, that, that's a great idea, right? They put a supermodel next to And then the lion attacked the supermodel. And everybody's horrified. Everybody's shocked. Oh, that's not supposed to happen. Well, what do you think is going to happen? You know, what do the lions do? Lions eat people. That's what lions do. You put a cheeseburger in front of me, I'm going to eat that. That's what I do. You know, this is what, you, you don't mess with this. Think what sin does. Sin attacks. Sin destroys. So we don't play with it. You can't control it. It's going to turn on you. It's going to destroy you. It will destroy your family. And men, Father's Day, understand you are the provider, you are the protector of your family. Don't allow this to happen in your life or in your children's life or in your family's life. You protect them. You've you got to understand what you're messing with. This is a lion that's out to destroy you. you got to kill it. you got to put it to death. It's not about External actions is about internal idolatry. Be sure your sin will find you out, is what it says in Numbers 32. The passage closes, Colossians 3, 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. All that we do putting off the old, putting on the new, we do it because of what Jesus has done for us. I'm not trying to earn my salvation, but in response to the salvation I've been freely given, out of gratitude in my heart, this is what I want to give back to God. I want to smell good for God. I don't want to stink in the nostrils of God. Live your life for a bigger story. Live your life for God's glory.
Clothe yourself with Christ because he is your life.